This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to the Double Feature Movie Podcast, coming to you from the comic book library of the SVH Pleasure Dome. I'm Chao Suen, and today I'm joined by Jonathan Roberts. Hi, JB. Hello there. Our main movie of the week is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the latest from Sony Pictures Animation in association with Marvel. Warning, there will probably be some spoilers. Some spoilers. Spider spoilers. So, JB, I rather like the movie. You? Well, it's so improbable, isn't it? I mean, come on. A guy who with the powers of a spider who can walk up walls and shoot webs as if that would happen in real life. And then now there's like five of them. Yeah, even more improbable. Uh, I mean, it's just so unlikely, isn't it? So I guess before we get into the details proper, what about the plot, JB? The plot. High schooler Miles Morales gets spider powers as a byproduct of an interdimensional experiment. That same experiment also brings a number of spider folk from other dimensions while threatening to devour the city and possibly the world. Can this hastily formed spider collective come together to save the city? So, JB, you were raving about the film. What were some of your highlights? Yeah, I mean, this this is a highlight of the year. I was not expecting it. Sony have not been that great with Spider-Man so yeah. far. I mean, you know, peaks and troughs, peaks and troughs. But this, I mean, you know, all the Spider-Man comic books have a superlative above them. So it's amazing, spectacular, superior. All of those apply to this. It's so good. I wanted to see it again immediately in the same way that you get off a roller coaster and want to go again. It's a ride. It's a thrill. The difference between this and some of the live-action Spider-Man films is like night and day. This is fresh like a blast of citrus. It's experimental while honouring the legacy, and yet it's unencumbered by laboured exposition. These come at you the fast, it gets on with a plot, it's wonderful. And on a purely visual level, Spider-Verse is utterly thrilling. It's like being blasted through a thousand million artworks all at once on the tip of a laser. The animation is unlike anything you've really seen before. It's not 3D animation, it's not 2D animation, it is like a mix of both. This feels like a new form and indeed a new level of animation. It heavily leans on graffiti art, it leans on the comic books naturally, and if you're a comic book geek then you'll see some pretty deep cuts going on there. So yeah, just on purely visuals alone, it's a movie of the year. Absolutely loved it. Can't wait to see it again. Even the end credits are an experience in themselves. I loved every moment of it. It's, yeah, it's art on the screen. And there is so much effort gone into it. It's clearly up there. There's three directors, which could be a bad sign for a film. But everything comes together here. It's amazing. I think you're right. I mean, it's just so dynamic and energetic. And it comes, it starts right from the graphics. But I think that aside, I thought the movements were just a feast for the eyes. Particularly Gwen's, I, I loved her. There was a line in the film, actually, that talked about how she moved like a professional dancer, and I really must agree. Her movements, for me, were hypnotic, and they were so beautiful. She moved to such fluidity and rhythm and grace. It was a sight to behold, I think, and it really stuck with me throughout the entire film. Something about her movements were just generally out of this world. But speaking of rhythm, actually, for me, the soundtrack worked so incredibly well with the film. It added just energy, and, and in some scenes, I actually felt the urge to move along with the action on the screen, just because the accompanying music was so infectious. The film had you dancing? Well, at least tapping my foot and kind of like, you know, grooving a little. You should be because glad you can't be here to see my awkward shoulder move. Yeah, unfortunately, I can see it. Yeah, but no, seriously, like... 
Okay, so like just this one example, the scene where Miles goes out and sort of takes on the city was accompanied by Blackway and Black Caviar's What's Up Danger? And I could not help but feel that same sense of empowerment and energy and excitement that Miles was meant to be feeling, you know? It, I feel like the music genuinely helped to draw you in without ever being cheesy. It gave you the kind of emotion you were meant to feel without ever sounding like a Korean movie's backup track, you know? And I think a great indicator of how much I loved the soundtrack was that since I saw the film, many of the tracks have just been a repeat. Like I'm sitting at my desk just going, what's up, danger? What's up, danger? All day. Do you know, I mean, this must be where we differ because I, the soundtrack for me, it kind of passed me by. It sounded a bit okay. I think, well, I was overwhelmed by the visuals still mm. before I could really sort of start picking up the soundtrack. I thought that was quite an interesting thing about this particular movie. It's got a lot more of a gritty sort of street feel. It was like a lot of graffiti art and it was a lot of like, you know, sort of more R&B rap style music and it just kind of just went together really well. It felt really young and fresh and just it pumped yeah, it you did, up. It didn't feel contrived. It didn't feel like, you know, a bunch of board members deciding, well, this is for young people. Let's see what we've got in the hit parade. Yeah. One of those rap artists. Can we get some rappers on this? Could we... Yeah, this one generally felt like it was quite young and lively, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got a genuine feel to it. I think part of that comes from getting Phil Lord and Chris Miller in. I mean, these guys did the Lego movie and 21 Jump Street and, well, they were sacked from Solo, but they have this magic touch and genuinely laughed out loud a lot yeah. throughout this. And I think that's the Lord and Miller touch. I mean, especially your favourite bit, right? Spidey bells, Spidey bells. The film's packed with stuff all the way through, and if it's one of those things where you will be wondering, oh, should I stay to the end? Well, the answer is yes. Oh, stay all the way to the end. After the initial end credits sequence, which is utterly beguiling, and whilst you're wondering how did they film the film, there's a bit of lag as you go through the, the stream of names that just goes up before you, and then you get to, well, you get two particular bits at the end. One yeah. is... Spidey Bells, would you call it? Spidey Bells, the song. And then you get another little cap to finish it off. And it's well worth staying around for that. It was really funny. But it's quite the wait, I must say. It, well, yeah, the, there's a lot of names to get through before you get to it. So the lights came on and The lights came on and the cinema staff came in and checked on me twice. They were just like, are you still here? And I'm like, there is something at the end. There must be. I'm sure there's something out there. Yes, there's something out there. I mean, it's a Spider-Man film. Okay, so there's quite a few characters in this. This one managed to pack in five, six different origins because there are many spider people, versions of Spider-Man, Spider-Gwen. There's many versions, um, including a slightly middle-aged pointy one, which, you know, for a certain demographic works. Yeah. Okay, so who's your favourite character? Can I pick several? Oh, go on then. <laughs> I love the Miles and his father and Uncle Aaron trio. I mean, I thought the whole dynamic and story there was really convincing and poignant. I mean, throughout the film, the development of that relationship felt so realistic and just so emotional. I found myself tearing up in actually quite a few scenes. And, and I know what's my problem, right? This whole like hot ice thing seems to be ha- happening a, a lot lately. Yeah, you're but, getting quite emotional at all. It, Many it, films, it seems. It must be the holiday season, but that dynamic was just, it was so beautifully put together. It felt so genuine. It was cool and fun and authentic while still being heart-wrenching and, and never cheesy. So what about you, JB? What was your favourite character? I really liked Shamik Moore as Miles Morales. Spider-Man has always been a young person and gradually over the years he's got older as Peter Parker. 
we've got a Peter Parker in this or two. Um, But yeah, it it was pitched perfectly because, you know, once you're getting to see him become Spider-Man, learn how to be Spider-Man straight away, and he has that perfect uh, balance of teenage awkwardness and pretty cool attitude towards things as well as you know this this wide-eyed wonder at what is suddenly becoming uh i thought that was really really well done uh i thought some of the uh other cute characters the other cute spider-man were pretty good i really liked john mulaney as spider-ham it wasn't overdone it was spider-ham is much more of a cartoonish character basically is a pig who's spider-man and he had a kind of like Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers, kind of like, you know, giant mallet splat kind of thing to him. Pretty good. Uh, one that didn't really work was, uh, I don't know, it's more about the animation style that seemed a bit too flat. But uh, there's a Japanese version called Penny Parker, who is like a Japanese schoolgirl who has a Spider-Man machine that's piloted by or pow- powered by her radioactive spider friend, something like that. I know each character is meant to have their own animation style, but I didn't quite, you know, get it. Uh, Nicholas Cage is quite good as the Spider-Man noir, like a 1930s hardball detective Spider-Man. Uh, but I didn't get that it was him. I yeah. thought it was Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec. I, I didn't get that it was Nick Cage voicing it until I saw it, his name at the end. It was not very Nick Cagey. But I must say, even though I agree that Miles was just such a great, lovable, thoroughly lovable character, I really, really did not like Spider-Ham. Like, I get that it was supposed to be the whole, like, slapstick, comic relief kind of kind of humour, but I just, like, I didn't find it funny. That said, I feel like it's the kind of thing that a lot of people will think is funny. I just have no childhood. I could easily watch this two or three times over in one sitting. Oh, yeah, I think I could too. It's a wonderful film. It's brilliant. It's thrilling. You'll feel the emotion. It has the feels towards the end. It's on a different level to everything else. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. It's got a bit of everything, you know, it's funny, it's got great visuals, it's groovy and it's also emotional and it's 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 really got a bit of everything. I think it's definitely one worth watching. Okay, so that I mean definitely two thumbs up for Spider-Man. It would be that Four thwip, in total. Thwip, thwip, thwip. Um, <laughs> what is the other film that you want people to check out? So this one is not one you can check out immediately. But this recent weekend, I went to see the Singapore premiere of local award-winning film, A Land Imagine. So it was director Yeo Siu Hua's sophomore project. It's a film noir-esque fever dream set in a really dreamscape Singapore that I think defies film categorization on some level. That's it, quite a bold thing. Defies film categorization. In a sense that it's sort of like threads... threads sorry, I'll take that over. In a sense that it's sort of like tiptoes around several different genres. It, you, I think it's quite difficult to say it's one thing. I mean, it is, you know, it is several genres blended together. Sometimes it takes on a kind of Wong Kar Wai type feel and sometimes it comes across as almost like a social commentary, documentary kind of style. But I think it's all in all a pretty interesting lens to view Singapore through. There were some bits where if I hadn't known it was shot in Singapore, I wouldn't have guessed. Wow, okay. Yeah, and I and I really, you know, and as much as I think I greatly enjoyed the film, I would be happy to see it again. I do feel that the film as a whole would have felt a lot more tight if some of the throwaway shots that I, I thought interrupted the flow a little bit had been, you know, sort of taken out. It, you, you'll see what I mean if and when you see it. The film will be out in Singapore early next year, and all things considered, I think it's 
one that's pretty worth waiting for. It's quite different, and it's already won so many awards. You know, it's okay. homegrown. Well, I mean, award-winning Singapore film is one thing, but I mean, is it? Could anyone get into it, or is it more for the artier crowd? That's an interesting question because I feel like it's arty enough to appeal to the arty crowd, but it's also got that whole like social commentary, foreign workers, that kind of like whole layer of like talking about Singaporean issues that I think is quite in the same vein as a lot of other okay. Singaporean films. I think it's and who's it directed by? Yeo Siu Hua. But we've got to wait till next year. Yeah. And with that, we'll leave this particular episode of Double Feature. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Google Play, leave a comment or a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Double Feature. That was an SBS podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg. 